This week on Induction Noise. Neil turns out to be a vegetarian. You shouldn't be focusing on power. Niku comments on my parking skills. Tires rubbing smoke everywhere. It's, it's, Andre isn't sure what he's driving. I think I drove the 1600 without the turbo. And our guest gives away his age. I think I'm getting a bit old for that sort of thing. <laughs> Welcome back to Induction Noise. It's been a very fun morning. Uh, we've been out on Clarence Drive this morning with our good friend Craig Harper, and I forgot to put my phone on silent. Uh, um, we forgot how to do this already. Does that mean I, I have to buy the beers? That's a fine. <laughs> yeah, that's a fine. There are beers? You have to, beers? You, <laughs> have to, you have to pay for all the fuel we drove out this morning in the Harper. And, oh, and, good lord, uh, no, uh, there's no way. Cobra. <laughs> no, no. That Cobra's got a drinking problem. Yeah, it does. Um, so welcome back, guys. I've got, as always, we've got Niku. How's we've it got going? Neil. Hello. We've got Andre in here. Hello. And for the first time, we have Mr. Craig Harper of Hello. Harper Sports Cars. Hello. Who I am welcome. delighted to say <laughs> is coming on board as one of our sponsors, if I'm not very much mistaken. Absolutely. So, um, Craig, why don't you tell us about yourself and what it is that you do for a living? Ah, talk about myself. That's my favorite subject. <laughs> I've gone speechless. Um, I think like you guys, I'm as passionate about driving as, it, as you can get. And I think that's what it is really about is uh, the, the joy of driving cars. So cars are just a, a means to an end. It's uh, really about the joy of driving them and, and, and in my case, building them and making them, making them lovely to drive. I think that's my current sort of passion in life. So I'm a trained mechanic. Came, I grew up in Zimbabwe, um, eventually ended up in Cape Town, long-term long, long -term plan, and it's wonderful to be a Cape Townian now. Um, and now, of course, my, my main project is to, is to build cars here, and the current, the current project of choice is, is, the, is the Cobra. We've built Harpers for a few years, and they're, a very, they're always very focused on the, on the performance aspects of, of motoring, and which, was, which was fine for me then, but... Lately, I've become more focused on the refinement aspect of, of a car, getting the whole machine to work fluidly and making it se seem like a seamless extension of yourself. Mm. So that's my passion, and, and it's, it's wonderful to, to be able to share that passion with like-minded people. Yeah. So for, for the guys who are listening who don't know, uh, can you tell us more or less what exactly the Harper sports car is? Ah, the Harper sports car is... Essentially, a race car for the street. You could put it, and it comes in two flavors. It comes in. It comes in two flavors. I think we sort of. I think we're heading for one flavor, which would be the, the upper end. I think the. So the original flavor was the Type Five, and the Type Five um, was designed around a low-cost, affordable um, sports car. One absolutely, you could race it and track that, but also usable on the street, and it was based around an affordable four-cylinder rear transverse mid-mounted uh, architecture. So we started off with Toyotas. And then one day, I think it was Andre Ferreira said to me, I, I like the car, but I want a V8. And I said, well, that'll be the Type 6, and I haven't designed that yet. 
He says, well, when you design that, I'll take one. So then I, that's when I started designing the, the, the Type 6, which is designed around a V8, longitudinal sort of more Formula 1 type uh, engine and transmission installation. And that's where we're at now, and that really, that really works so well in the car. The car can handle lots and lots of power, and it's very stable at very high speeds. Um, and there's something about a V8 that's just twice as good as a four-cylinder. It makes you so, giggle like a kid. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just amazing. <laughs> there's just nothing that sounds like a V8. I mean, well, there's there's beautiful sounds like V12s and things, but there's something special about a V8 that's just well, nothing's really ever you... going to beat a Rav4 with a cone filter. Well, that's <laughs> true. That's a tough, that's 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 true. That's a tough <laughs> one. That's a tough one. <laughs> so you see, I'm completely um, what would you ca uh, call it um, agnostic about any particular engine. So each has got its own. I'm a, as a trained mechanic, of course, I'm really into the nuts and bolts and oil of what's going on and how, how to, and getting it all to work properly is, is the key challenge for me. I just love trying to get the most out of the package, not just the engine, but blending the whole package, all the five controls together, the steering and your throttle and your brakes and your clutch and your gears. And then there's the, the handling to go with it. So it all feels good. So a V8 is a V8. It's got its own character. It's a lovely, uh, an eight is a nice compact engine. It, a V10, a V12, now you're getting into very heavy engines. Mm, and, and, you know, you've got to package that into the car. In, in my case, a V8 fits nicely into a Hopper Type 6, really does. So, and that's where we've, where we've stopped. I mean, there's nothing like, for example, just to get crazy, um, an Audi 5-cylinder like the Quattro used to have. There's a whole different sort of oral experience. Yeah. Mm. A, that was something really special, and, and that would be something else interesting to play with. But right now we're playing with with V8s, yeah. So there was a Type 5 with a four-cylinder transverse or a V6 in the back, and now we, we're pushing a, um, a car with a, with a V8. Various, you can put an LS3 into it. That makes, what, <laughs> 600 horsepower in <laughs> um, or, or the best one, I think, is the, is the Audi. The Audi is super compact, affordable, and those make huge numbers with the turbo. And lots of fun. You guys found that out this morning. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was a blast. I mean... So we'll, we'll get into the cars we drove this morning because Craig very kindly brought through his uh, prototype Super Snake Cobra for us to drive. Uh, mega Snake, sorry. Mega Snake. Mega, mega snake. snake. It's not mega. Super, it's Mega. <laughs> um, and the Type 6 as well, which we experienced. Um, it was my first time driving a Type 6. I've driven quite a few of the Type 5s. Um, I'm as you will have probably heard, it halfway through building my own Type 6. Don't canoe. Which is uh, a, a work in progress that we, we don't talk about. But anyway, um, what, what I'm also interested in is how, how you ended up building cars. Because it, it, it wasn't that you, if I understand it correctly, you didn't necessarily pursue a career in building cars. It was kind of born out of necessity because you wanted to go racing. You know, the first time I held a steering wheel, I was probably eight years old, and it was my mum's mini, and she was lighting a cigarette. She needed the car to go straight down the road. So she says, keep the car going straight. And I reached across to grab this gigantic steering wheel with both hands, and that was the first time I controlled a car in terms of that sort of thing, driving it, steering it. I was absolutely smitten, smitten. Um, and then it was me nagging to sit on their laps and steer the car mm. and then I would steal their cars when I was sort of 13, 14 <laughs> and I was lucky to live in a, pl a place that had lots of gravel roads and not too much traffic so I could do that. I learned to Scandinavian flick when I was probably 10 yeah. um, and I had a, my dad had a mini moke which I, he, he would come to it every, every weekend and find that it was empty again 
He must have. The hole in the tank. He must have smelled a rat. It was always empty, and he'd he'd use it for sort of fifty k's over the weekend, full, and it would be empty by the following Friday. It only happened over the school holidays, mind you. So either he was either he was in on it somehow or, or not. But but I just absolutely love driving. So so I was always sure that I was going to be a world champion. Always sure, mm. absolutely convinced of it. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is it. We 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 have to be convinced. But um, my folks weren't. I don't wealthy, need that so much convincing, to be frank. <laughs> my folks weren't that wealthy, so I got my license and I drove like an absolute hooligan at every opportunity, all the time. Luckily, never hurt myself or hurt anybody else, and I don't recommend that anyone does it now. But when the chance came to to actually start earning an income, the first thing I did was build myself a, ra- a racing car. That was the first thing that I did. I was 18 or 19, uh, 20, 20, yeah, and uh, apprentice mechanic. And um, just I was just absolutely determined to get on the racetrack. So so that would have been the type one? That would have been the type one, yeah. Of course, you don't think of it at the time like that. Ordered some steel. My dad had a builder's yard. I cleared a space, moved some scaffolding out the way, swept the dust flat and started building building a, a space frame chassis. And from, from what? From what if I ask? It's just out of your imagination or do you have some inspiration from, from, from somewhere? Neil, I, I, I was convinced that if you're going to go two-wheel drive, it needs to be rear mid-engine. Rear, mm. rear mid-engine. That's the only way to do it. And of course, always balancing budget and ability mm. with what's mm. available and so on. So actually, I bought an old, you're going to, it's going to break your heart. So I bought a split window double cab combi. <laughs> it came with a two-liter BMW engine, the combi gearbox, and, and the, the reduction boxes on the side. And I got this sort of going, sort of going, and this was my daily driver. I made a nice wooden buck for it, and I put seats in it, and I'll pick up my mate. My mate said so had a double cab. Split. And this thing is so rare. I eventually gave it away. It was in the way. I just gave it away. So, but I'll get to that just now. So, so um, I just needed transport, and it, and it was – I picked it up for like 2,000 rand. Okay. Mm. So all the running gear in there was, was what came out of that car, went into the Type 1, if you like. Yeah. I took the front swing, uh, torsion beam axle out, took the engine and gearbox out. Now, the, Be- the Beetle Combi gearbox, you just turn, it, t- turn the crown wheel over and it becomes, becomes a mid-engine gearbox. Oh, it's yes. very nice. It's, you can put the crown wheel on either side. That surprised a few people, by the way. <laughs> engage first gear, go backwards. But, but that, I was, yeah, I was just determined. I'd done some high school and I knew how to resolve forces. So I could draw, a, I could triangulate and I just got some tube and started welding it into um, a platform that would accept that BMW two-liter engine in mid-engine configuration. I mm-hmm. thought I was going to be very, very cunning by using a single transverse leaf spring. I thought that had been, never been done before. Well, of course, that was done in the, <laughs> probably in the 20s. Um, and I, I, you know, scrounged around, got some old shock absorbers, and, 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 and then I started doing my apprenticeship. So then when you do your apprenticeship as a, as a city and girls mechanic, you do a year of, of, of theory, and they put you into, the, into college, and you learn technical drawing, and you learn material science, and you learn how to use the turning machines and the fitting machines. And I managed to convince them that I wasn't cut out for making a bush punch and G-clamp and all that sort of thing. I was going to build a racing car. So they said, <laughs> wow. sure, bring it in. So we towed it, towed it from my, my dad's shop, and it was on its wheels. And we towed it into the, into the college, and I managed to finish it off in the college, got it going in, in the college awesome. with all these experienced old mm. lecturers sure. sort of advising on gear linkages and this sort of thing. Well, we got it going, and um, 
it it started and the cooling system appeared to be working and there was clutch, there was gears, there was brakes and steering, but there was no throttle. But it didn't matter. We decided to go home for lunch in the car. I lived about five k's away. <laughs> so my, and we and didn't have a fuel tank either, which is minor inconvenience. <laughs> so we got a, got a five liter Oros bottle of thing and strung oh, yes, it from the roll bar and I put a pipe and gravity fed the car. We had a little single Solex on this thing and uh, my buddy operated the I mean, health and safety first. Though. And there was nothing on the car. Mm. This had a well, bench seat with a nice padded bench. I thought it was the way to do it. Well, well that's safer than the first time I started my, my one Reynolds project <laughs> yeah. car. I had a mate sit on the back engine with that uh, quick start oh. spray can. <laughs> Spraying that directly into the carb and doing the throttle from sitting on the back of it, and I was just steering. <laughs> and there, there was go. no brakes. We used the handbrake to brake it. So. <laughs> there you go. You see, see, no one is so surprised. So you, you were very safe. Were I was right safe. in the mainstream there. Yeah. <laughs> so got home and mom, mom, look at my car. She says that's very nasty. I come in lunchtime, so we went in to have lunch. <laughs> she totally didn't care anyway. So, so then um, I got it to the point, and then I was doing my time at a, at a panel beating shop, and they were impressed enough to say, okay, look, we better, we can actually help Craig. So they made a little, like a body work for the car. And it, a buddy gave me a, a low lead beach buggy, which I sort of used for the nose. You'll see. I'll show you guys pictures later. Mm. Anyway, got to the racetrack and I raced it. And I was absolutely, um, it affirmed everything that I'd thought about myself. I loved racing. Your first race, there's nothing as special as there's your first nothing. competitive race. Yeah. Well, think about it like this. It's his first race in his in first, his car, first his car, car that he built yeah, by that's himself. Amazing. That's about I mean, as connected as you can yeah, get. That's, yeah, that's as real as real you can yeah. get. So then then my mom, my mom came down. My dad didn't come down. So she went back home and reported that, listen, we better get him at least some tires because he <laughs> stolen all the old bucky tires off my dad's builder's vans. And they were mostly on canvas. So we, let's at least put tires on the car. Let's, let's get him tires. And my dad was like, okay, okay, we'll give him tires. So they were my first sponsors of my parents. But wow. I had to build the car first. And then, and then they became super supportive. So I had, I had, they, they, they did what they could to help me, which was mainly safety-related stuff. Yeah. Um, there were no camshafts. There was nothing like that. There was no power-rated mods. Just it must run and it must be safe. So I had to... I learned how to flow that head like you wouldn't believe, and I learned how to drive around the problems that the car obviously had. I mean, oh. it had a combi front suspension. It had, <laughs> it had drum brakes. You can oh, imagine. You'd have a pedal at the start of the race. By the end, you're on the floor, floor. and you'll make a decision whether to still brake for the corner or just, I don't know, tap off and coast in or whatever. But So there was a, it was a huge learning curve, a really fantastic experience. You know, really humbling because it would brake a lot, like so many times. Um, so many people came and looked at the car and said, I think you should do this. And, and, I, and I listened and I would do it. So you, you need to combine all this help that people give you mm. with your passion and in your move forward. And I loved it. I mean, I sold that car and then I bought some more sevens over, the, over time. I like building stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it really is a passion for driving. And the only way to get onto the racetrack was to build myself a car. So it started there. That's all. And at what point did you decide that you're going to design your own car from scratch and actually put it into production and not just build it for yourself. Because, I mean, was the Type 5 always conceived as something that you would build multiples of or was it originally just going to be a one-off for yourself to race with? Yeah, the Type 5 was never going to be a production car. The Type 5 started off just as – I was living in Botswana at the time, 2003, 2004. And in Botswana, Francistown, just to the north, there are these um, salt pans called oh, the yeah. Makadikari salt pans. Mm -hmm. 
and they can be dry as a bone or they can be flooded like an ocean. It's amazing. And we, were, we would go up there and do land yachting. So land, land yachting is basically a windsurfer on wheels, on a triangle, mm. triangle with wheels. And they're mm. great fun. Um, but then you get a quad bike up there and you've got all this space and you, you get those long power slides and there's nothing <laughs> to hit. So you can really get stuck into that long drift. Beautiful. I thought, let me build a, like a buggy, you know, like yeah. a, just, a, just a, like a sand rail mm. type thing. So that's where it started, actually. Started to just lay out the frame. I, the, um, uh, in the space that I was working at the time, around the corner, there was a Corolla that had been put into a tree, back door. So the car was bent like a banana, but it was basically in good shape. Was, so it, walked, a was it a banana tree? That it, was? <laughs> it wasn't a banana tree. No, no, the banana tree would not have survived that. Probably an acacia or a mahogany or something. But I bought the car and... The original plan was to use all the stuff as a donor for the car. So engine, gearbox, brakes, steering rack, steering column, gear linkages, etc. So it started off like that. And then as I got into it, I thought, you know what, I better, I better put a body onto it. Well, that's, I mean, that's a whole new story. Mm. I mean, I borrowed a circular saw and ordered some planks and started carpeting. Carving, carving, carving. If you look at the style of the harper, you'll see all those flat, planar surfaces. That's because it was made out of planks originally. And um, and then so the body was developed and, and got built. And I was still not sure what I was going to do with this car. And eventually, when it was finished, I thought, well, maybe we can sell these cars. Maybe we can sell them. So not in Botswana, though, because there's nowhere to no drive them. Buy there. There, yeah. No, so we, Sheree, my, my partner at the time, and I moved to Cape Town in the car. She climbed in with all our luggage. <laughs> we drove the car to Cape wow. Town. We moved country in that car. Got to Cape Town. Um, unpacked, <laughs> obviously. Um, there was some other stuff we had to get sent down later. Um, but uh, that was when, I suppose, Harper Sports Cars was, was born. And the desire was to, was to produce special cars for people who love, really love driving their cars. You know, as a, as a trained any kind of sort of basic mechanical service, you're just fixing cars, you know, and it's always a grudge. It's always a grudge purchase. Person just wants the car to work. Yeah. Make, make the brakes work, make the engine work. Fix it. Service it. But, and I don't want to. So it's a different thing when you're building toys for people. It's an aspirational mm -hmm. thing. And they, and they want it right. And they want to, to, to make them feel fantastic. So it's not a grudge purchase. It's actually, it's a, it's a discretionary purchase. Mm -hmm. They want it because it's an emotional thing. So, that's the kind of person that I'm, that I tend to deal with now as when I was building, starting out in life, dealing with, I had a, a small suspension workshop for a while in Bulawayo. It was a different kind of customer. So much higher expectations, much, much, much higher. And enthusiasts much, mostly, right? Enthusiasts, absolutely. people who love cars and, yeah. you know, who. Invariably, enthusiasts. You love cars and love driving. Yeah, and to say not just love mm. cars, but love driving yeah. them, being on that ragged edge and yeah. feeling everything you can. You know, yeah. we yeah. all want to feel like Michael Schumacher felt. You know, so why not get the tools <laughs> to to get close to it? Absolutely, I think I think we perhaps speaking for myself, I think I forget that not everyone is like me. Where I'll just go for a drive just for the sake of going for yeah. a drive. There's mm. a lot of people, more than we'd like to admit, that have just want transport. To, to get from A to B. And I call them the motoring muggles. There you go. So, <laughs> you know, really, I mean, they, they just want transport. They don't want any fuss. It, it must all work. It's like a fridge. It must just work you know, all the time. And, and I'm not like that. I, no. I love driving. I mean, I really do. 
I love to drive and I take pride in driving beautifully. I, you know, my line, everything. It's, I, I tell you what I used to do as, a, as, a, as an early driver. Just got my license. I would look at the stoplight. I'm coming up to a stoplight. And I would guess how much brake pressure I needed to stop on the line. Then I would apply that brake pressure. Then I would close my eyes. <laughs> Here we go. And sometimes you stop. Sometimes you get well, hit by a train. Normally you stop early. <laughs> normally you stop early. You just do it wrong the first time. Yeah. And okay, I might crack an eye open. Oh, yeah. I, 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 okay, that was a, so. Who's hooting at me? Just, just yeah. I love the challenge. Yeah. Just of operating the machine properly, you know, so, elegantly. So, so Craig basically started the entire, you know, in Fast and Furious, there was the scene of Paul Walker looking at the girl and just like accelerating the entire time, not looking, time, not looking at whatever. And oh, yeah, it's it's called so it, 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 it was stolen by Craig. It was stolen by you. Looking the other way. <laughs> yeah. So if you listen in Fast and Furious peoples, we are suing you. Yeah, we need, we need <laughs> some credit. Craig has removed some royalties here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, anyway. So to date... Uh, production numbers. How many cars have you built? So we've we've produced eighteen one eight Harpers in the last fifteen years. Mm. Mm, they're all in South Africa. Are those Type Fives and Sixes? Yeah, they're all. They're Wasn't all, it more than that? Yeah, no, eighteen. I think it was more, but I might have been over enthusiastic. If you add up all the cars that I've designed and built, it comes to about twenty two. Because okay. there were there were five other cars that I that I created in Zimbabwe. Um, and then, yeah, then the, then the Harper Type Fives. You could say that the Type Five was the first serial sort of serial production car. Everything else was one-off. I bought some. I bought the Type One, which was, you know, bits and pieces, and then some some Lotus Seven type cars, which I raced one for some years and nearly got the national championship. It was runner-up, broke my heart, um, and that disil- I became disillusioned with the, with the expense of going racing at the yeah. very top level. You have to be prepared to to spend. Spend a big one. Um, and so that was the that was the sevens that I built, and then the, the top five is this platform that we're talking about, the top five, top six. The platform, by the way, is very similar. It's the same suspension. It's the same frame. Just the back end of the frame is slightly yeah. different. The packaging is slightly different in that the cooling goes to the front of the car yeah. in the top six. The radiator is okay. in the front because that's taken up with, um, with the engine. And in the top five, it's the radiator is in the middle of the car, which has benefits and it has disadvantages, but so that, that's the that's the difference between the two cars. Eighteen cars in the last fifteen years, and it's um well, it hasn't been much of a business, has it? It's been a <laughs> it's been a real labour of love, which which is why I suppose it's time now to take all those learnings and do something special with a Cobra. I think I think I'm ready to do to do some work on a Cobra, and build a Cobra that's that's lovely to drive. Yeah. So on that, um, I think all of us. You didn't drive the Cobra, did you? I didn't drive the Cobra. No. Okay. I think you just, drove the I Cobra. think me and you drove the Cobra. You go. Okay, I think so I was I was too, too too taken or smitten with the with the, with the, with the, the six, so yeah. I'll, uh, so I'll I'll stick my hand up next time for the for the Cobra <laughs> as well, definitely because it so was really. Nico and I both drove the Cobra this morning, and I've driven Cobras before. You've I've driven, driven different Cobra Cobras before, before. Yeah. Um, and. Sorry for all the Cobra guys out there, but they're horrible cars. They well, really are. Yeah, I mean, well, horrible, night, to, horrible to drive. Yeah, horrible to nice drive. to look it's, at and cruise in. Yeah, they, they look beautiful. The they sound ones. great, but they're awful. It's it's I mean, one of those cars, right? Where where exactly what Craig is saying? You you get the people that that like cars, and then you get the people that love cars. You get the people that like a nice car and want to drive a nice car, but they don't want to 
drive it. It's still a tool to them. But you know, and then like, you get us that you know, like yeah. so. So a Cobra is like a poser car. You know, you, well, yeah. not a poser car, but you're gonna take your missus. You're gonna go for a cruise, but you're not yeah. going for a cruise up up Clarence Drive. You're going past you can, uh, but you're Clifton go or whatever yeah. past but, the beach. So and that's not driving experience. My my boss at one stage was selling new Cobras. Yeah, and he said he stopped very quickly. Because what would happen is people come in, they see the thing, they go, wow, that's gorgeous, I want one. They buy it. Three weeks later, they're back trying to sell it back to him because uh, they've driven it. Yeah. And they realize, you know, it handles like a brick shithouse, for lack of a better word. Um, the last one that I drove, for example, it, it, the steering is just so vague. It's got no feel. Yeah. It's really like heavy, a, but like it's got no feel. Yeah, more like a rudder than a steer. It is a bit of a rudder because there's like 13 turns lock to lock. It's the, the most flappy, useless, loose steering rack that you've ever felt in your life. And the most annoying and quite frankly scary thing is that when you slam on the brakes in that car, the front end has this tendency to start bouncing on the road. And it makes it incredibly difficult to actually slow the car down because you've got no grip. Uh, all the weight shifts forward, and the front wheels have no grip. They just bounce around like mad. I would have a, I would have so, a question. Uh, have, a, have a question on that because I think maybe I mean I'd love to hear from you. You also you know ventured into the sort of the Type Seven, and I wonder sometimes if that's also not a product type of because that's uh, the, the the Lotus or the what is it the, 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 the Lotus, Lotus Seven, Lotus Lotus 7, 7 not the Type Seven, the K Seven, yeah, yeah, or the K Trim, you know the equivalent or. Um, and a lot of it is, is built in garages, so right? I mean, it's, it's, it's enthusiasts who actually build them in a garage. So maybe, you know, the guy who built it is just not that skilled, you know, in setting it up. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of Lotus uh, 7s out there that's also, you know, Oh, yeah, there are, out, there are lots of 7s out, 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 out of, there that, out of that drive like death that's, traps. You know, so it'd be interesting for me, like one of the questions I had, for instance, for you was the, the Cobra that's been around for, for years, right, the shape. Um, in how much detail do you go into, into, is it a brand new sort of chassis underneath the body? Is it something that you get fabricated somewhere else? You just put on, t on top? Um, or is there some kind of, is it again like, you know, you've taken the shape of the Cobra, but you've kind of like threw, threw everything out and designed sort of the, your version of the ultimate Cobra completely from scratch? It's certainly my version. I think stiffness, in, in a sports car, uh, the platform needs to be stiff. Yeah. If, once you mm. have a stiff foundation, you can start tuning, tuning your mm. suspension. Um, so that's fundamental. Most, the original Cobras were just four big pipes going from front to back. And there was no real torsional stiffness in there. Mm. And I believe Carol Shelby said something like, well, it, we leak it, leave it like that because it's better for traction or something. I don't, I don't buy that at all. I mean, mm. I think that's just what he I got. I think we left it like that because we just couldn't be couldn't, bothered. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's now, still better than a Corvette, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, you're, Neil, you're so right. Setup, setup is a, is a, is a specific skill. It's a, It's not something that you can do in your. If you're an amateur at home, it's not. It doesn't come naturally. I mean, you need to understand what's going on by, through experience, and you learn what the right damper rate is, and and also the kind of damper and the spring rates and so on. So, you you guys do karting, and you, you know that a little change on your cart makes it undrivable or spectacular, and it's the same with a car. So, one of my specialties is understanding how to just arrange the pieces properly to make them work together like a symphony and an orchestra. Mm. And so the first thing is a stiff a stiff chassis. I don't get to design the body. The body is a Cobra body. Yeah. You know, it's not my job to 
design the shape. Yeah. You could but it's see a beautiful body. So it's beautiful. Don't need it to really, change anything. I there. really agree. Mm. And actually so making it pretty. come into its right because it's such a beautiful car. Just doing it justice. It, exactly, yeah. doing it yeah. justice. You want doing it to justice. be nice to drive. It looks like a beautiful thing to drive. Yeah, and exactly. I've had lots come into my shop over the years when this guy's bought this Cobra and he's like, wow, this doesn't feel any good. And, and mm. I drive it and I realize that no matter how much work I do on this, with that chassis, there's just not much you can do yeah. to mm. get it right. And what a shame. You know, mm. the car looks… You can polish the turd, but it's, yeah, it's still a turd. It's still a turd at the end and of the so, day, yeah. And so, the, you know, although for years I've been trying to do my own thing with the Harbour, be totally unique, not do a replica of anything else, not do any th- copy, I wanted to be my own product, which is the Harper 5 and 6. No one's buying those cars at the moment. Those, are, mm. those have yet to come into their own. The Cobras, people, there's a business there. And, yeah. But the Cobra, if I'm going to put my name on a Cobra, it mm. has to be nice to drive. Yeah. It has to really be lovely to drive. And how nice can it be? Now, it's short wheelbase. That's always going to be a challenge. It's generally quite powerful. That's another challenge. Front engine, rear wheel drive. Um, if you want the thing to really be fun to drive, you want to put an LS into it, limited slip. Mm-hmm. Diff, which makes it even more demanding to drive. Because when the back does break, it breaks out properly. Quite quickly. And, and, and so these are all challenges that I've enjoyed sort of um, learning. Uh, recognizing mm. and then and then getting them right. So with a short wheelbase car, everything has to be everything has to be right. Because if it's anything vague or or sloppy, it, it's going to be a horrible car. Yeah. Mm. It'll penalize um, you if there's any instability. It's, and they yeah. amplify it. You know, a long wheelbase mm. like the Harp is quite a long wheelbase by comparison. Mm. Yeah. So it's stable. Yeah. It's just mm. by definition stable. Yeah. It's like the Merc in Formula One. It's mm. a long wheelbase thing and it's it's relatively stable. Mm. Um, so the Cobra. The Cobra um, journey with me so far has been, first of all, just to understand what is possible with the platform, with a nice, firm, stiff platform. Yeah. So I designed a chassis that is very stiff, very mm. stiff and very strong. It could probably be a bit lighter. We'll see through evolution if we can get it a bit lighter. But And the body, the way the body fits onto the chassis, it's not just bolted on with four or five bolts. I hate the thought of scuttle shake. Yeah. I don't mm. want any scuttle shake. I want the thing to, thing to feel like a monoblock, like one thing. So mm. I've made a, um, made a point of having a continuous flange all the way around the cockpit and the body bolts on with probably 100 bolts all the way around. Is that oh. what typically what causes – sorry, now educate the, the, the dummy here. Is that what causes scuttle shake typically? It's just because the rigidity, the, the connection yeah. between the body and – The a, body and the chassis. The is, chassis, basically. Yeah. On the end of the roof. It's, it's like driving a tray of eggs. <laughs> you said it. It, handle, it handles like a box of eggs yeah. something like that yeah. so you know things are moving around and they're jiggling mm. and they're not yeah. really connected and you're like whoa you know this is not a good feeling for the mm. driver yeah. so a, a solid mm. stiff platform body bolted on properly mm. and then just get the suspension right so you're going to set this is currently set for street so it's, it's nice and compliant it rides nicely turns in nicely would it be good on the racetrack well, it'll have limitations because it'll lean a lot and it'll dive under brakes and, and that sort of thing. So that's our next next job is mm. to – I really want Do this to be a sports version. car. Yeah. I yeah. want this to be a car, actually, that Carol Shelby, if he was alive, would say, that's the Cobra I want to yeah. drive. Mm. And mm. That's the Cobra that's, I want to drive. That's what I want to say. I mean, you, you can say as well, but I want to applaud you on that because the Cobra we were driving today was bloody awesome well, to drive. It was, it was a good sports car. Yeah, it was a good, sports, a good sports car. car. It it never felt out of control. You could really get on it and not feel like you can't control it. Oh, you could dive the into limits. the. Oh, of course, of course. Except we for just, the bit through Mexico. Yeah, we, 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 we just popped Mexico over to Mexico. Like a, yeah. just, <laughs> just just to see what you know what goes for what. So so I mean you can you can really put the power down without feeling out of control. 
And when you go into a corner, you don't think, am I going to make it? It's dirty. It's it's nimble. It it mm. doesn't feel like just a cruiser all of a sudden. It feels just, like something that just another American muscle car. Exactly. It, it's, so it's for me, really it was quite interesting because I I'd driven a Cobra recently, um, which was a very early sort of prototype version of the KCC Cobras, which eventually became the Backdraft Cobras, and. Um, that car was not great to drive. It really wasn't. So when I get into your Cobra, it kind of feels familiar, you know? You get in, you can see that view over the bonnet. You know the door is right here under your elbow. Steering wheel, it, it looks and feels familiar. Except you're facing forward. Which is which is so yeah. nice because in all the other Cobras I've ever driven, you sit at facing an yeah. at an angle, sort of slightly outwards. So I'm looking ahead of me, and all the the and forces. Looking, it's a, it's so that you can see in which lamppost you're gonna ride well, into. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> but um, you know, the the forces when you're going around corners and everything make more sense yeah. because when you're sitting sideways in a car, it feels weird when you're going around a corner and you're leaning forward rather than to the side um that made a huge difference in in how it actually feels to be inside it but the minute you let out the clutch and it starts rolling you can tell it's a completely different car yeah because like you said the body's not shaking around on top of the thing it's not rattling and, and sort of bubbling down the road it's solid car um it's superbly comfortable uh, on the road, it's not hard or stiffly sprung. It's actually very compliant. It's really nice to to, to just be in when you're cruising. Um, it's got enough power. I think you've got the little 289 Ford V8 in there. A bit of a cam on it. Yeah, nice little yeah, cam. Yeah. Just a fast road cam. Nothing special. Um, sounds amazing. It, it yeah, sounds it sound great. Amazing. It goes really well. The manual box is really nice to yeah. have in that car. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say you need a manual box in other Cobras because they're too rubbish to drive to enjoy mm. anyway. You might as well have an auto. But in yours, the manual makes brilliant sense. But the gears are easy enough to operate. The clutch isn't heavy. Mm. Um, yeah, I was the, quite surprised by the clutch. The, brakes the clutch have, was super light. Yeah, it, the, all the like, brakes yeah. have got really good feel on mm. them. Um, and the pedal, turn-in is super, super sharp. But I think that's uh, almost, I want to say, it's a hallmark of the cars that you set up because mm. that's, yeah. that's, that's what I want. That's what yes. you want. Yes. But... I enjoy that as well. It takes yeah. a bit of getting used to when you're in a Cobra and you don't expect it, <laughs> yeah. but it, it turns in really mm. sharply and you can start. What you can't do with other Cobras is you can't feel what they're doing. In yours, you can feel where the balance is on it. You can, you can feel what the car's doing underneath you. So you, you have confidence to throw it at a corner and power through it. Uh, whereas with other Cobras, you just don't know what it's doing. And quite frankly, it doesn't do what you tell it. Yeah. So it it doesn't feel like a cobra at all for and, me. And random um, things, I mean like But the, that's a good thing. Yeah. Like the 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 pedal position to be able yeah. to heel toe, etc. Small things. I mean that makes a more of a difference. Like mm. it's the pedal placement is perfect. The gearbox placement is, you know, it's Yeah, the lever's know, where you expect it to be. It's where you expect it to be. Your your arm to leg ratio is not like the ergonomics or the ergonomics are well thought out. 
the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, very important and, to me and, that it's comfortable, yeah, feels natural. Yeah, and it's small natural. things to think about, right? But it uh, improves the driving you know, experience. The, the other thing is a lot of these sort of specialist cars, um, I, I sort of have the the yardstick of would I give it to someone inexperienced to drive? Like, would I give it to, I don't know, one of my brothers or my dad or someone who's not used to driving fast, powerful, lightweight cars? And I think you could quite happily give that Cobra to someone else to drive and they'd be fine with it because it's yeah. an easy car to just potter around in. But if you do want to have some fun with it, it, it can actually do yeah. that. It can dance. Yeah, um, which is quite impressive. Every car that I build, I want that to be the case. When when Neil climbed out of the Type Six, you, mm. you said, "Wow, it's really easy to just potter. It's nothing, nothing complicated yeah. here." Mm. There's, then there's no reason why these cars shouldn't be like that. This mm. is how they should be and could be. Um, the fact that it looks amazing and sounds amazing, and you must put up with all these other contradictions and and, and problems that you've got to sort of make excuses for, that's not good enough. Yeah. Really, it, it, a properly developed car should feel amazing. In all aspects, it doesn't have to be massively powerful. It doesn't have to have um, massive tires on it. It just, you know, if you could just get everything to click together nicely. And I think this this prototype that we drove today, it's 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 right. It's clicked together nicely. Yeah. Could, you know, on this drag strip, would it be the fastest? No, there's much more powerful Cobras out there. But fortunately, it's got more tricks in its bag than just being a drag no, car, like every other Cobra. Yeah. It's a joy to drive yeah. on Clarence Drive. Yeah. It's a joy. Yeah. Wow, this is so much fun. You know, you know, you just lean into the corner and you just, and it just leans in. It all feels fluid. It all feels hooked up. That's a joyous thing. I can't, it's yeah. hard to explain yeah. if you yeah. don't love driving. Mm. The funny thing is, I think a lot of these sort of specialist cars, I mean, I look when we were driving back now, how many people look at the Hopper and look at the Cobra and yeah. they point? You know, it's, and I think funnily enough, a lot something of these, sort of, it's right? something different, yeah. but a lot of these cars are very nice to look at, but they're yeah. not always nice to drive. Yeah. Right. These are nice for the guy inside the car as well. So yeah, they'll even point at bad Cobras. I mean, I definitely like in the, I mean, with, what you guys are saying with my, you know, also driven, you know, sort of a normal rental, rental Cobra. Mm. It is such a nice thing to drive, but it was, I must say, like I drove it and I was with my dad. It was a little bit scary. I didn't feel like versus driving the Type 6 today, which is, a hell of a lot more powerful, like a lot more intimidating. But you, so you can see when something's properly set up. And it's kind of like for me, I start thinking about the way we look at tuning cars and we look at modifying normal road cars. I think we've got it all wrong way around. We, we, you shouldn't be focusing on power or there's no. so yeah, many driver feel. And especially, I mean, the, 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 I mean, my car is nothing on the sort of level. But one thing that made a major change to my, to my Z, Z was just getting someone experienced to do an alignment. Yeah, absolutely. Massive difference all of a sudden to the car. Now, sure. nothing to a point of changing the suspension or actually having something like a stiff chassis that you use as a basis for, for, for that. Which, by yeah. the way, I mean, I think I, I, would, I would probably assume, right, I mean, if you've got a stiff chassis, you don't have to compromise with the stiff, necessarily with the stiff suspension because a lot of the stiffness is in the you chassis. You've got more right? options with this. To, or, to the to the contrary, you can run stiff suspension. Remember, okay. uh, Van, uh, uh, sort of an Amervo, I think it was him, was racing that Ford um, Mondeo years ago. No, no, back in the day. Um, and, and he said they, there was too many, too much sh- uh, chassis flex. Mm. And, and so they were going stiffer and stiffer and stiffer on the suspension. Mm. But it wasn't working because the chassis yeah. was giving. Mm-hmm. So it's like you need a platform. So mm. if you, if you run a stiff, uh, a stiff chassis, then there's, there's no twist. Then you can do whatever you like. You've you can got have options it. with the suspension. You can, yeah. you can, you can like these 
many Cobras are set up soft because the chassis is too flexible to run a stiff setup. Not that you would, but a lot of them, and, I, and, I, and I'm not hating on all Cobras. Cobras, some, I'm sure there's some amazing Cobras out there, but the majority have been put together by guys at home, and they, they're running on the bump stops. Mm. The, the, the car that you that you drove, Quinton, probably was an inch off the bump stops. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when you hit the brakes, it's on the bump stops. It, it bounces, bounces off, off. And, and yeah. that's just a setup issue, you know? Mm. So just set it up properly, and then, the, so as I say, Cobras get a bad rap, and it's not the Cobra's fault, it's the, it's the, they haven't been set up properly. They're not sorted out. They're not. No. No. And, and Cobras generally, it's changing now. Certainly ours is, 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 is not, is breaking the mold. It must be a stiff uh, chassis. Now it's difficult in an open car. Yeah. Mm. You know, you haven't got the side, like in the Harpers, you've got that beam down the side. There's no doors in a Harper, so it's stiff. But in a Cobra, you need doors. Otherwise, it's not yeah, a Cobra. Yeah, yeah. So what we've done is we've built a spine up the middle. This is nothing new. I mean, Lotus have done this. Lots of lots of manufacturers so have done TVR this. TVR used to build them. There you go. A spine up the middle. So the back is connected to the front, but very stiff. Now, now you've got a, car, a platform you can set up. You want to go to the racetrack? Obviously, if you're going to race it, you must lower the car. If you're going to lower the car, it must be stiffer. Remember, you're going to run some sticky tires which means it's going to load up in the corners, it's going to want to fall over, so now you need sway bars to hold, hold the car flat. And this will not work if the chassis is too flexible. Mm-hmm. None of this will work. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so with a view to that, with that sporting use of the car, a car you would actually take to a track day uh, and, and really enjoy it and run with anything, really, um, that's, where, that's where I want to take these Cobras. Make them, make them amazing at the, at the extremities of performance, not just down the boulevard. So what we're saying is next year, Samola, we entering a Cobra. It can be done. We're entering <laughs> a Cobra. I saw, I saw two Cobras running last year, uh, two years ago. They looked terrifying. They struggle. Yeah, oh, they struggle. They struggle. They come through uh, that was... corner. It's fucking tires, rubbing Yo. smoke everywhere. It's, it's, and and didn't, Q, you spoke yeah. to that guy. Isn't he running like 800 horsepower? Yeah. Tilted too much towards yeah, I mean, power and not enough towards traction and compliance. Mm. It's a bumpy circuit, you know. It's not yes. like a, yeah. it's not a billiard a, table. It's not a mm. proper race track. You need some compliance. Otherwise you need yeah. some compliance. You yeah. know, you've got to and build the car for the circuit. And it's Craig, Craig Zank was running that one that white Cobra. One. The white Cobra was running a Lexus V8 with a turbo on it, but cranked up to like 800 All horsepower, horsepower or something. Yeah. Ridiculous. All the horsepower, but it went nowhere. Yeah. No, the white and one was, was turned out to be quite quick eventually. Yeah, yeah, I think during the weekend he, he yeah. tweaked quite a few things on it. Got a bit more traction. And I wouldn't like to drive. You need reflexes. Scary. No, exactly. Yeah. Reflexes but is a strat car. Moving on from the Cobra to the Type 6, um, I have to admit that's more my kind of car. And I think all of us. <laughs> it's not just because I'm halfway through building one. As I keep is it halfway? It's, it's half-ish. Half-ish way. Somewhere between the beginning and the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think your tires are actually illegal now. They're gonna yeah, go. I think my, my tires are probably outdated by now. It's Brand new. Never turned a wheel in a Never turned right a wheel. But anyway, <laughs> um, that car is phenomenally impressive. Yeah. Thank you. Because, yeah. you know, you'd think something that is as super lightweight as that, rear-wheel drive with relatively skinny tires at the back, and it's got a 4.2 liter turbocharged V8 in the back of it. Where the turbo you, makes very funny. The turbo <laughs> makes great noises. <laughs> but 
You would think Switch something flames. like that is going to be a handful. I mean, that thing's going to be all over the show because you put your foot down and it's just going to flare up the back and it's it's going to be crazy. But it's it's super composed. It's it not intimidating once you're behind the wheel. Yeah, it, yeah. Once you start going, it's not intimidating. It, it when you look you, at it, it is. Yeah. When you hear it. It yeah. takes you two seconds of driving to realize that you can hammer that thing and it, it just holds on. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's going to be a point where... It within, runs out, and then, <laughs> yeah. and then you you need to be able to drive it properly to 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 catch it. But what is just it, for what is going for break, a blast right? down the road? It's it's super super composed and just not intimidating at all. I mean, yeah. it's not a scary car to drive, no. but it is quick. No, thanks. Yeah, no, that's, it's a real. It's it's the essence of what I of what I can do with the car is a, is the Hopper Type Six. It's it's the best I can do, and that's. And I'm loving it at the moment. It really is in the sweet spot. It's about 850 kgs. 850, yeah. yeah. So it's it's Very not nice. the lightest, but it's, there's a lot of car is. there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've driven now, I've driven quite a few iterations of them, right? So I've driven the, I think I drove the 1600 without a turbo um, originally. So I drove a Type 5 and that was about six years ago. Yeah, even six, longer maybe. seven years ago. Yeah. I drove that. Um, and that was kind of the, when you just, not started, but you were still just busy with the Type 5s. I think the Type 6 was, was kind of coming along. Um, and I drove at Kilani, I drove that, that 1600. Um, I drove the 1600 with a turbo motor. Um, and then eventually my favorite up to this point was the, uh, one with the, was because I'm, I'm a, I do kind of like the odd alpha. It had the, <laughs> really? Uh, we haven't noticed. Yeah. yeah. It had the alpha Basso V6, 2.5 uh, V6 engine with also with a big turbo on it, with a decent turbo on it. Yeah. And that car was, was quite a revelation on track. Um, and that was, that was probably one of the ex- most exciting cars I've driven on track. Um, I remember I test drove a Ferrari 458 just o- shortly after that uh, in, when I was in Italy. And uh, I, I mean, I love that Ferrari. It's my favorite car in the world to own. And, and, and that's a quite car. disappointed. <laughs> no, no, but on track, um, as an exciting car on track, that Hopper is just because there's no, there's no traction control. There's no, you know, like it is, Nothing. you have to drive it. But it's, it's, it's once again, it was all those iterations it was confidence inspiring you know it's not a it's not intimidating it's got power but it but it puts it down nicely it you can feel that the handling is neutral um and i saw the same with with the v8 today and i'm i'm a bit conflicted because i'm not sure whether i'll go for the v8 or a, or a v6 bus so you're choice. saying you're putting in an order then uh, i don't know right potential i've driven quite a few iterations as well i drove uh that white white and blue car which had the 1600 um, very basic car very basic car yeah um and i i like the way it drives but it needed more power Did i mean you? the chassis was far more capable than what that engine was yeah yeah um then i drove yours before you put the <clears throat> turbo on it mm-hmm. and it was fun it was super revvy yes um 4ag 20 valve toyota but and a half, you could still tell it, it, it's great, something. but it, it can handle so much more. Mm-hmm. And the first iteration of the 4AGE turbo that I drove, I'll be brutally honest, it was, it was fun, but it was difficult and intimidating to drive because the power curve just had such a huge ramp in it. You'd have mm-hmm. nothing, 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 whoosh, Spool behind you, and then all hell breaks loose. It's like Kato. Yeah, I mean, it was it was that was nuts to drive. Um, 
And I think I adored that car in I that think configuration. I enjoyed I, that I would one need as well. To, Sounded like something daring the yeah. reality of fabric, <laughs> reality of parts. I, I think you need to you need to learn how to drive that car. Yeah, That's no, not a car that you jump in you. and just drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I drove the Busso Turbo version, which was nice, but I felt it runs out of gears quite quickly. That's because you're doing over 300 k's an hour. No, I'm saying it's because you're going very fucking fast, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> that thing was quick. That thing was quick. It had, it had such a wave of not like the V8, but it had a it had that torque because it, the car was very light. I mean, that car was even lighter, right? Yeah, about seven. Light. It was uh, it was it was seven eighty. Yeah, so that was quite light. And then so so it pulled like a normal fast car, and then it and then once the turbo started pulling, it yeah, came it really fast. Very exciting. <laughs> I mean, you, don't, you don't build a race car to and drive it's, slowly. And it also <laughs> no, sounded no, no. that V6 also sounds oh, like amazing. Some some special. Some special thing. I'd like to do that again one day, actually, because I I didn't do that V6 justice. I'd like to do it again one day if I ever have chance and time <laughs> to do to do a busa or busa, but uh, do type six. trumpets. Oh. Do trumpets and a and a clear plenum, and then oh, that would be. And are you, would you would you do that in the Type Six platform? I don't know. I think the... yes, because because it's a heavy engine. Would you believe it's a hundred kilograms yeah. heavier than the four AGE engine gearbox? The four oh. AGE engine gearbox turbo. And the Busa V6 engine gearbox turbo, 100 kgs heavier. Sure, that's what? a lot. Yeah, so it's quite tail heavy. So you yeah. really have to pay attention. When you get the bum moving, yes. you mustn't panic. Yeah. You keep your foot in and you open the steering and you drive through that slide. And yeah. then it's super rewarding. Mm. Super rewarding. You come out the corner and you're like, yes, I survived <laughs> it. I survived <laughs> it. You know? and, and you're going, you know. Yeah. But you, you can't panic. You, you've got but to if, keep if I remember calm. correctly, that motor was also, that alpha motor was... Just the old crashed 2.5. You yeah. didn't do much to the motor no. just when you got it and got going with it. And eventually you yeah. did you did some crazy times with that car. I think you did 118s or something. Yeah, something, 19s, yeah it was 18s. quick. It was a quick car. Yeah, I mean, you were like right in there with, yeah. I think you were dicing with the Ligier. With, That's right. With those, yeah, yeah. That's right. I remember that Ligier. Yes. And that was on old tires we had. So And, so you, and you still drove drove home to and bought some biscuits on your way home <laughs> <laughs> after, after beating a two, three million rand Ligier. Yeah, that, that, that was a high point. Let's that was awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, hearing, hearing you talk about where you've come from and then driving one of your creations today was for me so cool to actually then finally, you know, hearing about Craig Harper for years now, basically. I've yeah. heard, I mean, I've only met you recently and of course through the pod, again, through the podcast, which is mm. quite cool. Um, but then getting to drive one of your creations and hearing your story and then just hearing like, this is, this is Craig. This is yeah. what he says on the tin. This is what I want to do. And this yeah. is what it produces because yeah. they're so in, in modern motoring, you know, the brochures, all the nonsense that we hear that you read, like, Oh, this is emotive, you know, or, you know, fancy language that we hear. It's refreshing also. And, 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 and almost like raw and honest to see like, okay, I wanted something that's, that's easily drivable, that is fun to drive, that is, that, you know, is, is a great handling car. Um, and that is what it, what you say is is on the tin is, is, is yeah. what, it, what it is. I think the, um, the one thing Craig said or, or that that sticks with me is he wants the car to be an extension of you. Yes, I mean yeah. when you mm. when you get in there and you've also said this many times, mm. you basically wear the hopper, mm. and it's really yeah. like that. Once you're in there and you're strapped in, it's it's you yeah. just sit in there and where you want to go, it goes. But the, yeah. the, the, the thing that stands out to me is that it's balanced. Yeah, it's well balanced. It's a, it's the whole package makes sense. Yeah, you know, you could add an extra four hundred horsepower to that car, and it may not be so great. Or you may, you know, add massive brakes or bigger wheels or whatever. The whole thing works. The whole package works together. 
Um, it's not like you've, you did an amazing chassis, but you know, the suspension isn't great or whatever, you know, the whole thing just works together. And I think that's, that's pretty. Thank you guys. It really means a lot to me to hear that because it's, it's high praise from people that love driving. Thank you. No, it's a pleasure. Thank you for letting us drive. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for letting us drive. We had fun all this morning. I, I must say, that's another thing that I, 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 uh, I quite like about my mate Craig. He's very much about sharing the experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. It is about sharing the experience. You know, there's, there's never been a time where I've wanted to drive a Harper where he said, no, sorry, you can't do it. He, he actually encourages people to jump in, drive yeah. them, uh, feel what it feels like, and, and go for it. Yeah, uh, I think I've been a Harper's champion for quite a few years uh, now. Thank you. I was in, but I mean, in 2017, I wore my Harper shirt when I went to drive the Ferrari <laughs> yeah, in right. Italy. So uh, I still need a Harper shirt, actually. <laughs> we have to do another run, I think. You know, mm. the, share, the sharing of our joy for driving is what gives me the most, most pleasure these days. A competition is no longer a thing for me. It's, it's just sharing the joy of driving. And if there's one word that I like to really resonate with me is authenticity. So it's an authentic, being authentic and honest and true and raw, not and not dolling things up to make yeah. it look different from what it is. Um, so the, to your point earlier, I want the car to be an authentic sports car, and I want the Cobra to be an authentic sports car, sports car. a real mm. sports car, not one that looks like a sports car, sounds like it's fast because it's got the big V8 side pipes, a real sports car. So well, if you need any help with that, we did a podcast a while ago. The the recipe of a sports car. You can go and listen oh, to that. I'm yeah. sure you'll pick I up did, a few I things. Did. I did. I listened and I enjoyed it. And many times I was like, "Yes, that's why the yes, Cobra is so good." He listened to it now. I'm a good student. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're welcome. What are, what are we, what are we going to address in this season? So, <laughs> for I think, the next I think he needs to build us like a Lamar prototype or something in next season. So we're talking about racing. We're actually looking at doing a Le Mans a Le Mans prototype right. well, Le Mans. well so yeah. this is this is perhaps jumping the gun a little bit but you are taking part in the Lemons with uh, a car that has been named Marsa Porsche that's right um, for the 24 hour race for last year on the spur of the moment we decided to look for a car and enter the race and the most most obvious uh, candidate was a 924 Turbo which we picked up with a princely sum of, I don't know, 18,000 rand or something. It apparently was being driven home and petered out, so technically a runner. Um, so it's like those no. race, race ready cars that we spoke about. No, <laughs> it was not running. It's really We're, enough, not an obvious candidate. You said it's an obvious guy. I, like, I wouldn't yeah. say 94 like Turbo is an obvious candidate. If you were budget conscious, race. it's probably the last candidate <laughs> that I would think Well, of. think about the rules. So they didn't want any more BMWs. So, oh, is it? For, so rear-wheel drive cars, you go to a BMW. They said, no more Golfs, no more BMWs. Oh. Enough of those. So mm. that, and, and all of the drivers in our group were like, no, no, we're not interested in front-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive. So um, you look around, and what else are you going to do? Not that's that much. A, yeah. uh, Cressida, Corolla. You have to spend Alton. serious money and to make that There's compared. not even an Alpha that would fit the bull because, no, because uh, Alpha that's rear-wheel drive. drive would be too expensive because uh, it's an older Alpha. Yeah. And the new ones, the brand new ones, obviously no, is much too expensive. No, because there's a limit on the budget you no. can spend. So it, we came, we, we made a call and bought the 924 and, and, and got the car ready just in time. In fact, it wasn't even ready. It wasn't even finished. <laughs> we, we hadn't even really tested the car. We just put it on the trailer and took it to, to Joburg or to, to Delmas. But yes, there is a race coming up and that was a real experience, a real true challenge of uh, how can I say, 
of human endurance <laughs> and MacGyvering. Uh, MacGyvering. We <laughs> toiled through the night to keep that bloody car going because, of course, oh, what what I didn't check, I did actually look inside the tank, and the tank looked perfectly, spotlessly clean, but I couldn't see the roof of the tank, uh, and I can yeah. only imagine that that roof was crusted with rust. Yeah, encrusted with rust because. My word, after about six hours, it just started to cut out. And then what? Misfire? We found stuff in the filters and the pump. And oh, my word. Anyway, so we, <laughs> the guys worked nonstop for 24 hours to keep that car going. <laughs> um, so, yes, that was a real experience for all of us. A real, a real challenge. A real challenge. And I, I recommend that anyone, you but guys have to do a 24-hour yeah. race. No, we we've we we've been we really speaking about it. Yeah, yeah. we we yeah. all yeah. want to do we want to do that. We want to do the rally. Uh, we were talking we about the see, rally. We want to see how many motors. One of my missions for this year is to see how many different motorsport things I can do this yeah. year. I'm not going to win any championships or yeah. anything, but I want to compete. Wanna enjoy even it, if it's yeah. only one race or one. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, so this this we spoke about this uh, this rally sprint. I don't know if you've seen it. Rally cross rally. No, no, no. It's rally. like it's a rally sprint. So it's like rally, but like it's in a small stage. Yes. Um, and it's uh, some folks there in, in more than the northern suburbs that run it. Um, and there's a community, quite a few guys from the Boerland and wherever yes. that come. My, my brother's in Feliestorp and he's got a little Ford Figo. That's his daily driver that they've converted into like Wonderful. a rally car. Wonderful. Um, and there's a whole lot of other people, old Cortinas, anything run what you've brung. It's not MSA affiliated or anything. You know, if your car, if you've got a safety belt and you've got a helmet, then you're good to go. So I've taken I've taken the RAV4 there yes. before. So what we want to do is uh, is next weekend, hopefully, or the next one, we want to go, uh, go. I have done it with the RAV4. We want to go do it together. Like all of us do yeah. the rally together in the, in the same car at the Wonderful. same time. The and road. just have some fun. Driver um, and three navigators. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to sit on the back? <laughs> exactly. So that's very much grassroots, entry-level stuff. Lovely. But we want to see how many different things we can do. And the endurance is definitely on the cards. I'd like to look later in the year at a mm. like a proper endurance SAES, uh, you know, type of national endurance thing. Mm. Uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do about that. Yeah. Um, that's one of so my bucket list things. Speaking of the endurance series, um, Craig, you did quite an impressive feat with the Harpers on the endurance series a couple of years ago. Where oh, yeah, you, you used to use the, do the SAES, right? With yeah, the, but here's yes. the thing. All of his competitors arrive on trucks and trailers <laughs> with like trailers full of spares and I whatever. That. <laughs> Craig rocks up driving his car to the event, thousands of kilometers, drives the car there, races it, and then drives it back to Cape Town. If it's still running. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've dropped a valve. I've done various <laughs> things. Uh, What's gone the off the track. Gone? Where's the... Port Shepston, Desi. Wow, we drove the car to Port Shepston, <laughs> Desi, did the race and drove it back. And, and um, you've driven it to Bulawayo a couple of times Yeah, I've done that. That's, yeah, I've driven it to, for the three hour. That was driven amazing. To, yeah, how many guys drive these sports cars to a different country you know, that they built themselves? I think I'm getting a bit old for that sort of thing. Now. <laughs> but but um, in order to prove that the car is drivable on the mm. road, totally usable on the road, that's what I used to do. In 2015, we did the six hour and we did Kailami and we did Desi and we did all kinds of races. And it was Amazing. In fact, the trucker network would report the movements of the plat car. <laughs> and the plat car. <laughs> oh, I just saw it. It's, it's north of Blum. Or it's yeah. So it was a really fantastic experience and a real sort of garazista sort of uh, effort with the guys. You know, a little um, Dieter, rest his soul, uh, would, would drive his little um, Opel Corsa Bucky with all the spare tires in the back. But I must tell you a story. We did a Bulawayo three-hour endurance race. You asked, you were asking me earlier. I think mm. it was Neil. Mm. Um, every December, they have a three-hour endurance race. I love that race. I love that race. I grew up in Bulawayo, yeah. and it's a very good track. It's one of the uh, one of two 
Grand Prix tracks in, Af- in Southern Africa. Oh, yes. right? oh, it was East oh. London and then it was yeah. Bulawa. Anyway, so, all right, so I'm going to go and race. Now, how do I get my spare wheels up to? <laughs> <laughs> so I had a cunning plan. I bolted the wheels together on a pipe, yeah. put a pipe through the middle, bolted them together so they were tight, and I sent them on a, on a, on a transport up to Joburg, yeah. and that was going to go from Joburg up to Bulawa, and we were waiting for me in Bulawa. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Calvin Rademeyer um, was my co-driver and yeah. of course he had some tools. So I didn't have to worry about tools or oils because he's an oil specialist yeah. and that sort of thing. And petrol we can get there. So I just needed to get the car there. Yes, and it's the wheels you sent. Yeah. So I drove up, drove up. I'm driving up to the Northern Cape. I get to Cabarone. I check in the Cabarone. I'm checking. Where are the wheels? No one's seen the wheels. No one's seen the wheels. Oh. <laughs> where are these wheels? So I tracked them down to somewhere in North Joburg. So, okay, instead of going up to Bulawayo now, I turn right and go back to South Africa in my oh, car. Wow. In my car. I'm driving, like, I'm driving to find my wheels. And I'm, it's 8 o'clock and it's 9 o'clock and at 10 I find this truck shop and, and I drive in and I look around and, and there are my wheels. <laughs> there they are. Now, the, it's such a big truck shop. I don't know how they got there, but they had no like, small spanners to take the wheels off and change them. <laughs> so what we did, we managed to get them off. We changed the wheels, put the race wheels onto the car. So you drove with the race wheels off. took the race wheels onto the car. They were semi, semi-slicks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the other wheels, I said, bolt them together and please send them back send to Cape Now I'm leaving Joburg. It's about midday. And I'm in that traffic going north from Joburg. Oh, wow. It's Thursday. On the your race, race is wheels. on Saturday. <laughs> on my race tires. <laughs> that traffic was bumper to bumper. <laughs> I was schwatzing <laughs> in that sunshine at north of Joburg. <laughs> so you went by a bait bridge, basically. You had to go a bait bridge then. Oh, That's wow. a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, geez. That's a nightmare. So now I'm on my race wheels. On I'm, your new I'm race mobile. wheels. <laughs> I'm not going to make the border that night. So someone <laughs> checks me into a warm bars or Varambat or something like yeah. that. I get there about nine, shower, into bed. Next morning is Friday morning. Practices on Friday. I'm yeah. still in South Africa. So, Calvin's saying, where are you? Like, hello? Yeah. We're all here. You're supposed no to be there, yeah. So Don't worry, the, Calvin. Just walk the track. I'll be yeah. there. <laughs> get to the border. All is jammed. It's December. Oh, it's jammed, jammed, jammed. It's hot. Yeah. And I've got to leave all my stuff in the car mm. to go and get my passport stamped. My bag is in the oh, passenger seat, strapped in like a passenger. So, I'm like, okay, let's do this. So, I go true. in and I bet he gets stamped and I got everything's still there. Yeah. Except that someone's climbed in, a local, has got my helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a new driver, new wheels and That's a new like driver. That's like someone wearing your underpants, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So yeah. please take it off. Please take it off. So he t- takes it off. Lovely chap. Pictures, pictures, pictures. Mob, mob, mob. Okay, I'll get out the border, drive, get to the racetrack, probably around about three o'clock in the afternoon. I must actually check with Kelvin. There, there. Did you get you a lap in? You've arrived. Yeah. So Friday. I said, I'm done driving. You get in the car and you drive it around. Uh. The <laughs> so we, he went off and practiced and, and we had a, an eventful race because... Uh, Kelvin uh, had an off, didn't he? He had an off, yeah, but he hit the bloody flyover. But oh, I think um, I think we finished. I'm not too sure. But it smashed in the whole side of the car. And when I was driving the car, the exhaust bracket broke. This is the thing about that track. It's so bumpy. Mm. Everything has to be... <laughs> Mm. solid because the yeah. exhaust bracket broke the exhaust came down and, and cut the tyre and Ooh. I went off with the, with the flat so we borrowed a wheel from someone we didn't have any spare wheels remember yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we only had the four tyres yeah. <laughs> so we borrowed a tyre off a seven a little narrow tyre bolted on and I think we finished the race like that I'm not too sure but it was a <laughs> real adventure well, and then I must shout out to Darren Pradji by the way if you're listening Darren he the car was smashed like after Calvin hit the wall it was like stuffed the whole side was destroyed um, Darren said, no, bring it. So I spent a week in Bulawayo and he took it to his panel shop and he wow. sort of Fixed glued it. the side together again and 
painted it again and, again. and I drove it back. So yeah. what amazing. an adventure. I mean, this is, that is awesome. like I said, I'm getting a bit old for this stuff. That yeah. is awesome. And you did it solo. You were like on your yeah, own. Yeah, solo. Yeah. That is well, hectic. That's, it's crazy to think that that thing is so usable. I mean, Jim yeah. is a good example. Probably one of the most Jim, famous yeah. Hoppers in Cape Town. Roxy. Roxy. Yeah. Roxy. Roxy. Yeah. The Red Hopper with the teddy bear. Exactly. With the teddy bear. With Ted on the know. side. I mean, we spoke to him now. He's got, what, 110,000 kilometers right. on a race car. Let's, let's yeah. not sugarcoat it. It's yeah. on a race car. And that's and his daily driver. That's his daily driver. Car. Well, he's got, he's got an X5, but he, anytime yeah. the weather's but nice. But he always drives that. I yeah. always see him driving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's his, that's even his if it looks car. like it's, it's raining, he'll still get into the, yeah. in, into Roxy. Actually, um, when we went to Del, sorry, Neil, no. when we went to Delmas for the 24 hour, Jim and Jeff drove their Harpers up from Cape Town to Delmas. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hardcore, yeah. hardcore. That is. They raced them as well. They didn't race them. But just drive for like a spectator club. I decided to go for a road trip. Jeff said, this is the furthest distance I've ever driven and ever will drive in my car. <laughs> 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 they got caught in hailstorms on the way back. They oh, were wow, drenched oh, wow. and frozen. Oh, and oh, oh my word. Remember, yeah. But now they can talk about it. Exactly. So are you it's planning life. any racing with your, with your Harpers this year or focusing more on the road car? Cobra. No, I doubt I race. I doubt I race this year. I'm, I'm, all my energy is going into taking the prototype to production for okay. the Cobra. Okay. Yeah. My racing days, I think, are behind me. I, I love driving, but I don't need to compete anymore. Mm. And uh, doing the, uh, the 24 hour, I find there was too much stress. I don't need that much stress in my life. So probably not. No. So we've got 18 ish Harpers that are built. Yes. Uh, We've got one hopefully standing here, not built. I, I I think after today, there's probably another three orders coming your way. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be a nice um, problem to deal to with. Write the checkbook. <laughs> at, at what point do we try and put together a, a single single make racing series? Oh, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be absolutely. It's always been the dream, actually. That'd be very But it's always been cool. the original recipe of the four AGE sixteen valve, yeah. the simple, a bit like the car you're talking Let's about earlier. The Nash, that it's kind like, of. That's, I think, that's yeah. the way it should be, you know? So it's really affordable. Um, but the Type 6 is something completely different, right? I yeah. mean, the, the point of the Type 6 is it's a high-performance car. It's, it's, it's not a, I mean, what we were talking about is the basic 1600 and the mm. Type 5. That is, you've got the good bones there, but it's... It's, it's still it's, a fun it's, car it's to drive. Meant yeah, it's meant to be so awesome, yeah. cost-effective and, you know, brakes, everything is, is kind of you know, smaller, lighter. You don't have to worry about it. Um, it certainly would make a formidable race car, the Type yeah. 6. Fully set up oh, for, yes, a, for yeah, the track. Yeah. But I mean, that's a serious race. But, I mean, on, on, not a, on track, the Type 6 level. competes with GT3s and things. Yeah. No, oh, it's yeah. quicker than a, than a standard GT3. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, well so, that, that, so, so Craig used to run that um, the Type 5 with the Busso V6, 2.5 Busso V6 with the turbo. Um, and you did, I believe it was 118s that you did, 118s mm. or 119s. That's that right. you did at the time with those tires. Yeah. Um, that was the times that the fastest GT3s at that stage. That was 2016, 17. Mm, it was after the yeah, endurance. It was after that. It was 18. Yeah, I yeah, think 15 was the endurance. Yeah. Look, series. now, I mean, sports and GT has now gone. The, the game has kind of moved on in the time. And at times, guys do. But the Type 6 is also a very different beast. And tire technology has also moved on quite a bit, yeah. I would say, right? What's that well, mean? Tire technology is also. So you probably uh, put, uh, bolt some modern rubber on there. Because that's one thing I think also like people forget about our tire technology. If you look at also, you know, moves on massive I quite a bit. I don't think for the race cars, not so, not, doesn't, it's not so different. 
I've never I've run proper, car tires. I've never tanks. run proper sticky slicks on that car. Never. Always yeah. have a semi. So I guess if you put but, some But I mean, the semis are, you're looking at your Toyo, Proxes, those kind of, those, nice. those have been around for quite a while and they're still good. And Very nice still, tire, yeah. um, But road tires have, have closed the gap. Mm. High performance road tires, mm. I've got very close to. Yeah. The, these the Michelin Cup 2, Pilot Sport Cup 2s that I have, mm. that's very close to the very Toyos good. and stuff. I think you'll find that they'll suffer from a lot of wear because the, because yeah. the tread is so, is so yes. set for wet. Yes. The block size is quite small. Yeah. So you'll screw through a set of those in yeah. much less time mm. than a proper semi slick. No, for sure. But for uh, sure. what I'm saying is that I've never put a proper set of big yeah, fat slicks, slicks yeah. on there. Mm. Like Michelin no, slicks. Even, nice. Yeah, nice, proper slicks. Yeah. You just put on these, it was uh, Hankooks. Oh, they yes. were like a little 15 inch, about 205 wide. Yeah. And that was what we ran because it was yeah. a relatively hard tire for yeah. endurance racing. Yes. But to set the car up on some sticky slicks and drop mm. it on yes. the floor and uh, properly ah, see what you can get out of it. I yeah. don't know what it would do. Is there sort of a around Kilani, a sort of a semi slick versus slick sort of ratio that you can say it's worth a second uh, or half a second? It depends. It much depends. It on depends. The, which, which semi, which. which uh, and I think know, it also depends on the car and how yeah. it responds to that. You'd have to ask thing. someone like Steve Humble at Harp Motorsport or Rico or someone like that yeah. to mm, set yeah, these yeah. cars up and they've done back to backs. I wouldn't yes. be qualified to say. About two seconds, I think. Do you I know think, where all yeah. your all? I mean, you mentioned all the Type One and the first sort of iteration of the Type Five. Do you still keep track? Do you know where any of these sort of cars still are? Do you own some of them still? Or no, I don't own any of them. So the Type One is actually an Arari. Someone I forget who has got the car. Okay. okay. He says I've got it here. <laughs> if you want it, it's here. So that would be fun to go and fetch that yeah, car and build it just like it was, which was very, very, very mm. rough. Then the the three just sevens that work, I built. Essentially. Uh, I bought three Super 7 type cars and those are all in Zimbabwe um, and then and I don't know where they are I know, I know Craig Blewett's got one James Alexander bought that for me that was my race car that was a, mm. a rec, that was a lap record car both mm-hmm. Harari and Bulawa oh. uh, and then he bought it and then he sold it on to I think Gary or, or Craig Blewett but the other two my dad's old car that I built for him that's in Harari. It's got an Alpha two-liter engine and gearbox. Oh, lovely, lovely. Car. Okay. lovely, lovely, lovely car. Right. And then the other one was I built was the first one I built, which was when I was doing my time at, at Technum. And they said, "Okay, you can you can build a you can build a sports car." Right. So I said, "I got a Scope magazine. That's what I did. <laughs> it was a, no car magazine. Car magazine. There's a there's a Super Seven inside profile. There you go. Right. S- s- um, trace that out." What size tires are these? That's the size tires. So and I've got a dimension to work from. <laughs> That's how I laid the chassis out. That oh. is awesome. <laughs> that was the first Trace one. Trace it off. There yeah. You go. yeah, that's it. Because awesome. proportionally, there you go. So those three cars, I don't know where they are, to be honest. I should look them up. Yeah. And then yeah, Type 5, number one? Type 5, number one is my, is my car. Yeah. It's, oh, JJ bought that car for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So JJ so owns JJ's got that. It's tucked in the corner of the shop. It's and a very for those that car. don't know... Who, who JJ is? Well, JJ is my business partner. Okay. okay. So he's come in, he's put some money into the business, he's capitalized it. So now it's allowing me to do more. Mm. It's giving me a bit of a bit of muscle. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it's that's always been the, lacking. It's that's been, the car that I've, I've driven, that one of yours, yes, that, that I've driven right. it in with three different engines already. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> <Type five. laughs> that is the development mule. I love it. Par excellence. And I must also say that the styling on that car, there was one stage where you. You made those black lines around this. Yes. It was the white styling where it kind of looked like an LMP mm-hmm. type of car. That was my favorite iteration of the car. Looked amazing, There's didn't it? a specific time when you, I, I think Junaid used to drive the car quite a bit at that stage. It had the cockpit cover on. Yes. Remember? That to me was 
the ultimate iteration of the look of that car. It just looked like an LMP car on the road. That was that cover really changed that. the lines of the car. It looks yeah, fuller also, in the middle. But also, I think you just had some stickering around the lights. Yes. But it just made it look more. Yes. I don't know. It looked very much like an LMP car. I must I say, the that. lights. The lights have always been a big thing for me. Like, I wish I could get them nicer. It's a difficult thing because there's limited space. That's a tricky. And there's it, very it's tricky. a difficult thing to find a part that fits in there in that the is space. still road legal. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I found some really cool lights that would look amazing on the front end of that car, but they're not road legal, so you can't really use them. Yeah. Um, well, you just don't. Of course, you can use them. They just. Um, well, if you go to Mexico, you obviously. Can't use them. I mean, in, in Mexico, Mexico you can do whatever you like. You can use them whatever you like. Because you Clarence drive. El Clarencio. Yes, yes, that was funny. I'm quite curious also to find out from you with your sort of int or like your your interest in you know, driving purity. Is there any modern cars that you look at today and, and think like, wow, that is quite decent? Is there like a new, like name a few and maybe also a few on the other side that you think are horribly crap? Is there I, anything I like, for instance? I can't comment, Neil, because I don't oh. drive modern cars. I find them to be, I, I find I find most of them to be, you're so removed from the driving experience, mm -hmm. you might as well be driving an yeah, electric you're completely car. completely detached yeah. from it. And so I, I don't drive a lot of modern cars. So mm. I'm sure there's some amazing ones. I'm sure the the, mm. M, the M BMWs are just amazing. Mm. They are amazing, in fact. Ernest Page brought one up to the last uh, Durrest weekend, and he he said this is just next level fun. You know, mm. you can. It's really really good fun. So I'm not I'm not qualified to answer that question. But um, I think you've kind of like answered to the point. You've answered it without answering it, basically. Yeah. I would say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so so well. Generally, you don't really like what the new cars represent in terms of just it, it drives itself and it's, you know, it takes away of the experience. It's an, it's an engineering like said, marvel it's, in a different way almost. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's capable, an, it but, it's, like but you're, you're driving not really by proxy. Not, it's capable, but you're not needed as part of that. You know, um, there's a man who, who did a lot for me in my formative years. His name is Bruce Glasby. And he is the, I think to this day, the guru on minis, old A-series okay. minis. Guru, he had a crankshaft engine balancing business. He built Cosi uh, uh, engines for Gary Ansco, and 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 I would go in and Bruce, how about this? How about that? How about this cam? How about this? And he would he would go on and on. And he would say these new cars are plastic. This was twenty years ago. The new cars today are plastic squared. Yeah. And so there's it's it's like a disposable thing. Absolutely. It's, it's a disappointing. Consum it's a mm. consumer product. It's not a. It's not something that you kind of buy and you drive it till the wheels fall off. You you buy it and the wheels will fall off. It's like oh, it's, it's guaranteed. It's, it's made mm. to last. They've it's got this, built in redundancy. Exactly. So um, they, they made them to expire. They make them to expire. You know, in this um, in this age of sustainability and environmental awareness and pollution and electric cars and all this sort of thing, I would like to see governments bringing in laws that stipulate that a car must be guaranteed for, let's say, 10 years. Absolutely. 10 yeah, years. Absolutely. Must yep. be, no question point. asked, yeah. guaranteed, it must not wear out. And for another 10 years, you must be able to get spares for it. Must mm. support yeah. it for okay. 10 years. Yeah. So 20 years. Now, mm. you're not making 2 billion cars a year anymore. Now you, you don't have to yeah. expand your factory, your production base. Mm. You can just keep, make a car better, make it last longer, and make it, make it so it it's, uh, has better integrity. It's not plastic. I mean, who was talking to me? Cliffy was talking about his, he's got an SL, SL, um, AMG, SL Merc. And all the, all the pulleys in the front are all plastic. 
Yeah. And they, they seized it. So he mm. says, no. He says, I'm going to bloody, I'm going to get these things ma- machined out of billet yeah. aluminium. Yeah. Mm. With proper 6204 yeah. bearings or something. He says, it'll never, it'll never happen, never wear yeah. out again. Yeah. Why wasn't that done from the factory? Yeah. It's mm. because the accountant is, yeah. is, is shaving every single last cent out because they've got to be competitive. And wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be light, 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 light. So, well, because of all the safety systems and things that cars have now, they've become so much heavier. That's right. They have to save weight elsewhere. Yeah. I want Electric to say seeds. we've almost gone an entire episode without mentioning weight. And uh, with ah. Neil in the room, you know. Is that why that... Neil's been so quiet? <laughs> <laughs> he got yuck, the experience yuck, 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 yuck. of lightweight today, you know. Yeah, he did. But uh, guys, I think we've got to kind of wrap things up there. Um, Craig, I want to say a huge thanks for, for bringing the cars through yeah. this morning. Uh, it was a huge yeah, giggle yeah. out there on blast. Clarence Drive. And thanks for coming and chatting to us. Um, what a privilege. Lovely to be in where the, the podcast happens. Wow. <laughs> and now you can see how professional and, and well-produced it all is. <laughs> didn't take super long to set up nothing. It all Shut went up. smoothly. Mm. Technology, technology. I must, I must technology. also say today's podcast would have started a lot sooner if we could get uh, if we could get Quentin, uh, Mr. Q out of that uh, car. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I, I, I really did uh, not want to get out of that how car. How many times did he go in the hopper today? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when I see him, he's zooming up in the <laughs> Well, there's Craig. Craig had to drive my car back. Wafting along in the Jag. He forgot his wallet. We, we, today. we left. We left the restaurant. and I'm like, hey, uh, Craig, uh, I'll bum a lift with you. He goes, you can drive. I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'll do that. <laughs> and then we get back to my car, and I'm like, okay, let me grab my car. And he goes, well, you're already in the seat. Why don't I just drive you? Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's <laughs> yeah, the key. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know. so, oh, so, 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 by the way, Mr. Q did forget his uh, wallet. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jag, yeah. Jag, yeah. Did do the Jag <laughs> thing. I did leave. Leave so my wallet in the car. Hey, so. Macarena. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry. You're seeing the, wa- so, uh, the, the wallet thanks, Macarena. Thanks for yeah. breakfast, Neil. That was. <laughs> <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> Apparently, you're going to make less, take less the piss with a Z this year, this um, this season because of it. So. We'll see. Stop ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I guess but, there's uh, only yeah. one thing to say. No, well, I'll, I'll leave it. I'll leave it to our guest. You, 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 no, you keep it real, that. McNeil. What do you say? Keep it real, McNeil. Get it wrong. Keep it classy, San Diego. Stay classy, San Diego. Keep it real, McNeil. That's a new year. That's a new year. Fantastic, guys. Awesome. Neil, what's your afterthought? Why bottom? Nice sauna. Yeah, it's a nice sauna you guys got. It's a nice sauna, yeah, exactly.